0: Welcome to a Joycast from Joy ninety four point nine. Visit joy.org.au
1: to find out more about our Joycasts.
0: Hello, and welcome to Been There, Done That on Joy ninety four point nine. It's lovely to be with you again. Who, uh, who are we, we? Who are you? I'm uh, Phil. You're Phil? Okay. No, I'm Phil. You're Phil. Okay. I'm Phil, yeah. Okay. Right. You're I'm, not.
2: I'm Gordon. That's right, because you're not Phil.
1: That's right. And that, the other fellow over there must be... Topher. Chris. I thought it was
2: Topher. We've used Chris for so long now, we use the other half of his name.
1: Oh, Topher. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah,
0: that seems to be a very fashionable thing these days. In to...
2: Hollywood, with young Topher Grace.
0: I would. I'd have to be called Don, then. I don't like No, Don. oh,
2: He's Don, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say gore. He's gore, is no good. He gore. Oh, thanks very
0: much. We've been having a little bit of a weekend full of gayness. Did you enjoy?
2: Um, a huge weekend of gayness, actually. Well, we observed that we didn't partake.
0: No, not us personally, but a lot of the people from Joy actually went up there and did the OB, That's the right. outside broadcast, and were part of the action.
1: And I did see one of our tweets appear on the screen at the uh, replay of the Mardi Gras on Sunday night. It oh. was a joy.
2: Tweet came it up. On was, the- it was a gross deliberate promotion because the joy logo came up twice in that tweet. <laughs> I don't think we actually said anything. There was something written on it. That was said probably uh, happy Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah,
1: they did very well. That, that whoever was working the studio and working the call back from Sydney, they it sounded great. They did a very very good job. And um, and the was,
0: actual broadcast team, the commentators, spot on. in really, really, some ways, I think they put the TV commentators to shame.
1: Well, the TV commentators are a bit. Uh, in a bit of a bind I think when because they they have pre-recorded it and then they come in and have to speak over it they did a very good job interviewing Cher who was, oh, yeah. she looked as though she was in, uh, really enjoying herself too oh, glad to oh, be there. Excuse
0: me, there was a few hangers on that, there that were they were, to they get were security. Glory out of it. They <laughs> were there. No, I'm talking about a certain PM.
1: Oh, but it was interesting to see that the leader of the opposition and uh, Tanya Klibersek marched with Rainbow, uh, the Gay and Lesbian Rainbow Group. They marched with them for the Labour Gay and Lesbian Labour marched with them, and uh, I saw Penny Wong holding the banner in front of the Yes campaign. She was right up there at the front. Yeah. So I thought, well, at least they got down onto the street and
0: and joined in. <laughs> it was actually a change of. T- as far as I was concerned in the parade rather than being just a fanciful event outrageous costumes and a procession down the street it actually had meaning this time the 440 years anniversary and the achievement of marriage equality marriage
1: equality was the thing that everybody was was happy about a true celebration
2: it was last year there was still that bit of protest and I guess we needed change so now that we've got it Let's enjoy it, but we don't stop here. Now and we, I'd like to point out one of our Joy members Yeah, was spotted on TV. Young Tom was with the disabled group wow. sitting in the back of a convertible having the time of his life.
1: He was enjoying himself, wasn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, well, I saw it come up on the screen. Oh, there's Tom. <laughs> Good on him, you know, for getting up there and being on the, um, in the parade.
0: Very well done, Tom. Very well done. I don't know how many people were actually counted to be there, but they seem to be quite a enthusiastic group as well. And lots of tourists. well, I did there was one
1: they showed you an early shot of the crowd there. I think it might have been on the news that I saw it, and they all seemed to be Asian. the whole lot. there was not I was sitting there saying, well, spot the euro, you know. Well, it you've was, got
0: to remember too that a lot of the Asian countries are still homophobic. Oh yes, yes, yeah. and especially you know people from Malaysia would be able to sneak out for a holiday, yeah, and uh, just coincide with Mardi Gras and let themselves go. Well, they have; they
1: always have a good time. They would. They I can remember when I marched in Mardi Gras. We I did it four times, and they were. Um, they were the most enthusiastic people of the lot of them.
2: Can you imagine the trouble they get into if they're here for about a week? They arrive back in Malaysia still covered in glitter because that stuff never comes <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> well, that glitter, that glitter cannon was, or the paper, what's name cannon was firing it off. And I thought, every time it went off, I thought, oh, the poor street cleaners, they, they probably got a... Um, fire hydrant hose and just washed it all into the gutter oh, but got, then where does it go they've got know?
2: right on vacuum cleaners they have great time all yeah. oh, right okay i nearly got hit by one on friday <laughs> <laughs> right. you weren't looking where you were walking no, oh, i was waiting, waiting for a tram and this came guy came along and took now, all the leaves now Gordon,
0: away you've been in one of the mardi gras have four. you not? You've been in four of them mm. so once again remind us how early do you have to actually format oh, up before you start marching?
1: It, it's, it's a very, very long day. You, 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 you get yourself ready where you're staying and then you have to get into the city and you have to be in the holding area by five o'clock. Right. Five o'clock in the afternoon. And there you stand. There is no seats. There's nowhere to sit down. You're in the, like you're in the middle of a street, which is usually has motor cars going up and down. Yeah. So there's nowhere to sit. Like you can't sit in the middle of, you know, so you stand there and you stand there and you stand there, and they then, then you're pleased to hear the dykes on bikes start yeah. because you know that the whole thing started because you're down the street and they're up the thing around hyde park there and that's where they congregate and that's where they drive from
2: that explains why even today when you hear a motorbike rev you start marching i do oh
1: yes yes i I put on my high heels and get going (laughs) (laughs) but but no and then you stand there until it's your turn to move off and that could be another hour and a half after the dikes on bikes have started wow so it is a very long long time standing I hope there's plenty of porter lose for you. No, no, no. What? Where we were standing the last time I was there, or the second last time I was there, you had to be able to. You had to rush into the pub that was open. And it was jam packed to oh, use the no. toilets in the pub because there was nothing in the street. Nothing in the street at all.
0: I mean, that's an opportunity for dehydration.
1: Oh yeah, it's one of the failings that I felt was wrong. When when we were doing it, there was never enough toilets for the people that were standing there for all that time. It's a hell of a lot of fun participating in the the Mardi Gras, and um, if you get up, get in some sort of costume, and you just nobody knows who you are, and you're in the costume, you can just let yourself go, and you can have a, such a wonderful
0: time. <laughs> This is Senator Penny Wong, you're listening to Australia's Joy 94.9. 42 years ago was the first broadcast of colour TV in Australia.
1: Mardi Gras would be dead without colour TV.
0: Oh, wouldn't it'd be it? be so
2: terrible in black it and white. It may not be so fabulous, we don't know. <laughs> yes. Well, the, it would be, fab, it'd be
1: fabulous if you were there.
2: It would be straight because it would be Fifty Shades of Grey.
0: Oh, oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> you just had an opportunity not to say that.
2: Well, yes, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's,
1: it's a wonderful experience. I can I can tell it's you, it's
0: a shareable experience. Mm. Obviously, SBS shareable. Yeah, obviously, SBS. Uh, recorded on the Saturday night, but the replay is a cut-down version. So I bet if there's anything provocative, it's already on the cutting room floor, but sort I, of thing. I, I
1: did like the the fact that with the cut-down version on the Sunday, they were able to put in some of the things that happened. The, the Historical I, I, items. I, I broke up, and so did I. I know that Phil did too when that chap was in the jail and he was crying that oh, that yeah. just reduced me to tears as well it was just awful and i kept screaming patrick get him out of there you know mm. because it was upsetting him so much mm. you know and, and and i thought patrick abood was just wonderful such yeah. has such compassion and it was just he could see what was happening but I, I felt he should have taken him straight out of there
2: the funny thing is in previous years when they've had those little cutaway pre-recorded bits mm. I've found them very self-indulgent and rather boring. Mm. But this year they were all excellent.
1: Yeah, then there was the person down at... They they filmed him down at Green Point, which is just about at the bottom of oh. South Road in oh, Brighton. Or right at the bottom of the cliffs. Yeah, down at Brighton there when he was said Because he said he was picked up there by the police, you know, the agents mm. provocateurs. Yeah, here in Melbourne. Here in Melbourne, yeah. 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 But they did the same thing in Sydney. They were doing it everywhere. Oh, well, like, they, well they as we in know... London. All around the world they were doing this. They, yeah. oh, they had these
0: agents... Some of the groups that were involved, they might have been social groups, but I think the public involvement of gay dads gay families oh that was lovely and the rainbow families was brilliant
1: yes they were gorgeous and the kids were having a good time and it just showed you that these idiots that get around and say that gay parents can't bring up their children it's just so wrong you know because they had the lesbian couples with their children the gay dads with their children they were all and I saw one gay dad carrying his little one up probably about two or three years old but I couldn't tell whether it was a boy or a girl because it was in his arms the baby was in the the little person yeah. was in the arms, you know. But I just thought, how lovely,
2: just yeah. absolutely but wonderful. The people who need to see that vision were not watching. Probably not, Phil. Like probably our friend not. down in Frankston, who was so far against the the safe schools things, saying, <gasps> you know, two, uh-huh. two mothers can't raise a child. Yeah. yeah, they they need to see perfectly normal human beings growing up with gay parents.
1: That's it. That's right. Yeah.
2: And who's to say that their children are going to grow up gay anyhow? They probably well, they're typically g- not because it's not
1: not the thing. It's you know. It's but, but not not a choice. No, it's not a choice. You're born like that anyhow.
0: Joy, out, loud, proud. You are with Chris Gordon and Phil been there done that on joint. We were talking earlier about Mardi Gras and the scenery. The street oh, scenery, the costumes.
1: Absolutely beautiful. The color, the movement. But there was there was a lot of lot of one one costume that is a re- reference to this time of the year.
2: There are two types of costumes. There's yes. the the flowery wings and feathers and boas and all the other stuff. But then there's the good ones.
1: <laughs> the good The Speedos. The Speedo costumes, yes. And that's what we're talking about because the man that invented the Speedos was actually born on the twenty third, 22nd of February 1927. And his name, of course, was Peter Travis. And the, the amount of Speedos that were sold for the Mardi Gras was absolutely incredible. And I, I did love the, the Melbourne water polo team's. Uh, speedo briefs that they had mind you the, they, they had some good bodies too amongst a lot of them but yeah, they were they were beautifully coloured they were like I don't know whether they were rainbow coloured but they were uh, well, the colours of their club or what it's but funny how you were, weren't noticing the colour I was noticing the colour I, oh, I was I, noticing the contents no but I'm an artist you see and you look at colour first <laughs> which is stupid I know but <laughs> They were beautifully made, and they were worn beautifully as well. And then the then you had the Lifesavers. They were there with their red budgie smugglers on, and I thought, well, where's, why isn't Mr Abbott amongst them wearing his? Mm. Um, because
2: they've got standards. <laughs> and I bet they've got rules. <laughs> oh,
0: probably. Uh, but, um, we're, we're talking about the designer, Peter Travis. Yeah. So it wasn't
2: Barry Budgie or Simon Smuggler? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Phil. Uh, back in the 1960s, Peter... Uh, was absolutely turned off as a, being a Sydney boy and using the the oceans for his recreation.
1: Yeah, he was a surfer he was a-, he
0: was a surfer, but he hated the fact that the costumes of that stage were long. What are they too big? Too long and uncomfortable. Yeah. So, what what sort of costumes w- does that remind you of? Sort of shorts, shorts. Yeah, like but, but
1: That's what they were wearing those days. were shorts, where they were for, for get out on the water. Probably you, all you. All, but you were I think you had a leg in you. I can remember when I was a child wearing trow, uh, bathing costumes with legs in them, and they were made of bloody wool, yeah. which was even worse. And itchy. No, no, Did they weren't uh, actually itchy, but they were. They just didn't dry, and they were awful bloody things to swim in. You know, they they dragged in the water.
0: So, but anyway, he reckoned that uh, he could design a costume that would be more comfortable and appropriate for for swimming. Because, mm-hmm. as you're saying, the, those costumes, the early ones, when they got full of water, they dragged the body down. So, I, I'm just wondering what the
1: like the Olympic swimmers w- wore before the budgie smugglers were invented. Like, what did they wear at 56 at Melbourne Olympics? It'd be mm. interesting to get some we're of the old. pictures of that to see what sort of... Because they were breaking world records with whatever they swam in. And uh, But uh, then he came along and he d- invented this little one.
2: In the ancient games, they wore nothing. Exactly right. So, 1956 pretty... Ancient. Yeah. <laughs> for <before> my
0: time <laughs> Peter Travis was actually he, he's quoted as saying he was aware of the enthusiastic reception by the gay community for his new swimming costumes but he said that sexual the, the sexuality aspect was just a bonus
1: yeah but the, the first time that they were worn on Bondi beach um, they were uh, the two pe- the people that were wearing them were arrested. And they the, and the judged threw them out of court because they were not showing pubic hair.
0: That's right. That was the judgment of being um, indecent, indecent or not. Indecent, yes, yes. But I was thinking as we... Well, what about... That, that in fact, you, a lot of guys manscape these days so Mm. if they trimmed their pubes they could still have a very very brief costume. Well I can tell you what those water
1: water polo people (laughs) their costumes were not as big as an ordinary speedo (laughs) I can tell you Uh, but they were drop dead gorgeous anyhow.
0: Yeah and you you were saying Gordon that uh, you were accosted on the beach down here. Oh yes many many
1: years ago down at St Kilda Beach I had one of those first of those sort of things way back in the 60s And I bought them, and I was wearing them, and they were all right, they were great to swim in. But I walked, I I went off the beach onto the uh, promenade, like the footpath, and I got pulled up by two policemen and told to get back on the beach. Picked up by the fuzz. Picked up by the fuzz, yeah. Hurt (laughs) like hell. Uh, But um, I'm laughing on the (laughs) inside. But I was told not to come out on the footpath wearing those costumes. Well, like about two years later, everybody was wearing them. But I I had to laugh because they turfed me off the footpath, and there was a lady walking along the thing with with, in a negligible well well in a very small bikini and she was not a very small lady and and you know i just i just said (laughs) okay well there you go you know it's it's wonderful for some, and well the police weren't weren't worried about what i looked like they were worried about what she
0: looked like i think Mm. but anyway it took on as a fashion item and most guys that had bodies that could you could wear them uh were wearing were wearing budgie smugglers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it made it, he, he never called them that, of course. No, and he sold his design to Speedo. So the name Speedos was, I think, what most people refer to them as. They were as. originally
1: called Sluggos. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they called them, Sluggos, rather than budgie smugglers. But anyhow, the, uh, I tell you what, uh, if you ever do water aerobics, which I did do for quite a while until the pool closed... It's much easier to do the movements in a pair of budgie smugglers than a pair of board shorts or a pair of those mm. swimming shorts. And a, uh, because we had a couple of guys came in wearing them, and they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't lift their legs up or do anything with them because they're too restrictive. Which that is why Peter Travis made them because they're non restrictive. You, yeah. you could lift your leg as high as you want. And nothing happened.
0: Peter Travis, gay designer and ceramicist.
1: He was also a kite flyer, which he's most world famous for because he used to fly kites and invent them and build them and they were even he even sold them to the uh, big muse- museum in
0: London, London the the, the, the uh, Victorian Albert Museum yeah yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah, fact yeah. Uh, these kites were sort of like aerial sculptures mm, and mm. they would fly and that's that's what his exhibition there in the V&A is all about
1: yeah but he also he, he flew a lot of them over the Sydney Harbour for special celebrations and oh, people yeah. were just absolutely transfixed by the way they worked yeah and he said, he said himself that you lose yourself when you're flying a kite because they, they, you've got to manipulate them and you've got to do this and, and, and make sure that they're catching the wind and all that. You would have to do yeah, that. Yeah, you can it's, almost choreograph That's them. right. It's the same <laughs> as when you're painting. When you're painting, doing something, and you've got your canvas in front of you, your, your mind goes complete blank about everything. You're just looking at that thing and painting what you're looking at. Hmm. Peter Travis. Born
0: on the 22nd of February, 1927. Someone who died about this time of the year, 9th of March 1989, was Robert Maplethorpe, uh-huh. a US photographer who was rather provocative in his topics and the way he did his photography. And Phil you were making a comment you were linking budgie smugglers with his work
2: I was just suggesting that his models were probably never seen in speedos (laughs) for practical reasons yes (laughs)
0: how how delicately put that that is a marvelous
2: phrase this is radio you have to visualize
0: well I I know what to visualize yes Uh, well
2: I was in the supermarket the other day and I bought some meat did you? Just sort of let you know that. Oh, good. Okay. okay. If that helps the explanation. <laughs> but, but Robert
1: Mapplethorpe, of course, was famous for painting very erotic, um, photographing very erotic uh, situations between men and flowers and all sorts of bits and pieces. But he was he's just a magnificent photographer.
0: He was pushing the envelope. Oh, I'm sure. I'm
1: sure it went through the slot and back out the other side. But he was—he was just absolutely. I've read his life story. I've still got his book at home with lots of his photos in it, and they're brilliant photos. But he only ever f- photographed with Polaroid. His, all his oh, photos were done in Polaroid. Yep, yep. And uh, when they looked like making no more Polaroid, uh, he went out and bought as much as he could buy of it, so that he had supplies to keep going. But then that, they finished up making it for him.
2: A very good film a few years back about uh, a gallery in America that wanted to present his art Mm -hmm. and the public outcry against it and how they went ahead and, Upset a whole lot of people. Uh, well,
0: yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, as you say, uh, indecent exposure was probably the argument they were oh, using. Well, the American be so uh, prudish. They
1: they're prudes, aren't they? But but I saw his exhibition down here at the, uh, the our art centre. Yeah. They they had a big exhibition back way back when, and it was absolutely beautiful. And some of his photography, the 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 light that he got onto them and all the rest of it, I don't know, it was just absolutely amazing.
2: I reckon he was sponsored by an oil company, though. Yeah. The well, amount of oil used in those yeah. photos.
1: Well, that, that was but, – but when you looked at some of his other photos, not only particularly the male nude, but all the other stuff that he did photograph, it's all brilliant. brilliant Most stuff. of his
0: work was in black and white. It was all black and white, yes. So you didn't have the, the contrast of colour. No. Just of the shading. And
1: that's r- where you got the light coming yeah. in, and that's why they, um, uh, it's it's different to, to, to photograph in black and white than it is in colour.
2: It's a real skill, though. If you look at the old Ansel Adams photos, mm. um, just absolutely beautiful, and they were back in the days of glass sheets.
1: One of, one of the f- most famous um, Australian photographers was the uh, fellow that uh, did the sunbather, which is just the, the, the man with his arms crossed and, and his head on his shoulders, and that's looking straight at him. And the colour that... that the, the the contrast of the skin and the colour and the and the shadows and the and the light that he's got on that thing, absolutely amazing.
2: Yes, radio the best place to talk about photography. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Samantha Fox is going to talk to us about the things that we've been talking about. Although she goes one step further, oh. she says, "Touch me, I want your body." Oh, here on Joy. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. You're with Chris, Gordon, and Phil. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. Well, we've covered a couple of good subjects
1: so far, but we've got another couple still to go. And um, one of, the, of them concerns a very a man who's always in the public eye for different reasons. Oh. He likes pies. He likes pies, yes. yes he gets the he has, has them in the face. <laughs> and he, he has something to do with an aeroplane.
0: Oh, well, there we go. We know now, don't we?
1: <laughs> yes. Alan Joyce. And Alan Joyce, is, he was on the um, Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras. Yeah. and he had flown Cher out in a Qantas plane. So he was getting a bit of a um, thing uh-huh. from that, you see. Right. Yes, Yes. So, so
0: there could have been a freebie flight well, for her?
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure it was and, a, yeah. and, and something for him. But he's just been offered a different position now.
0: Well, he's been announced as the co patron of the national GLBTI workplace inclusion program, Pride in Diversity. Yeah. He will share the uh, role of co patron with the chief executive of the Business Council of Australia, Jennifer Westercott.
1: He's taking over from another great GLBTI man who oh, was yeah. there for eight years.
0: Honourable Michael Kirby. Michael Kirby, yes. I think he's had eight years in the job. Yes,
1: he started. He's, he, when they started that, he was the first um, man in charge of the whole thing,
0: yeah. Now, this not for profit organisational programme, Pride and Diversity, is run by ACON.
1: Acon, AIDS
0: Council of New South Wales. Pride in Diversity mm. is now recognised Australia-wide. So many companies these days actually have pride groups within their staff.
1: There are a lot of companies that do have big gay groups. They're very good with their gay uh, employees. They, they look after them and make sure that they don't get hammered or or have any um, discrimination, but, or you know, all this sort of business.
2: Acon yeah. should change their name, though. Why? Let's put it in an R for respect and call it ACORN.
0: <laughs> They're supporting our drive for visibility and for inclusion and for acceptance. And if it starts in the workplace, it will affect the other workers there that have never possibly considered, oh, gay people, do they deserve inclusion and respect? Yes, they do.
1: Because a lot of these businesses with these diversity programs going were represented at the Mardi Gras and they were also very big in promoting the equal marriage as well. That's so the that was thing. a very good thing to be. Yeah, to you know, have. groups
0: like ANZ Bank, mm. they have got lots of people that are in the gay community. Not only within just ANZ Bank do they come out. Mm.
1: But they do it with NAB. have got one as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it's it's a great idea. And the to service
0: do it. industries and nursing and fire oh, well, nurses. How many? And, how many?
1: nurses are gay and and, And, of both sexes it was like the chap who was a nurse at st vincent's hospital up in sydney during the aids crisis and he had aids himself he had he was infected himself yeah that's the change that have come over in that in in that field at the moment it's wonderful with all the
0: thing pride in diversity is an employer support program for lgbti workplace inclusion they actually give a rating yeah. to companies.
2: It's the Australian Workplace Equality Index.
1: They have they have one of those in America as well. And every year, Out Magazine or, or Advocate Out Magazine name the top companies that get up 100 points. And it's, IBM is one of them, I know, that always gets 100. Hmm. And IBM here in, in Australia is very supportive of the gay community as well.
0: Now, yeah. this sort of... Can I use a redneck... I'll go for it. Well, this infiltration of the workplace is just symbolic. I mean, the schools are being infiltrated as well. The whole country is turning gay.
2: Oh, don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But the sky didn't fall.
0: You might get upset.
2: (laughs) I've got a secret. We've been there all along. Now we just put up our hand and say, hello. (laughs) Well, Wave,
0: wave your rainbow flag.
2: You're listening to Been There, Done That on Joy ninety four point
0: nine. It's interesting just on the Melbourne scene that so many people have now got their office lanyards with their names on rainbow lanyards. Yes, I've seen now, that on the I train. I don't know whether that's indicative of pride and diversity at work or whether it's just their personal selection.
1: Well, there's a lady on the train from Sandringham when I'm coming in on a Wednesday morning. We catch the same train and she's got a rainbow lanyard round her neck. And I, th- I often go to say, Where did you get your rainbow lanyard? I'd
0: want One (laughs) Now that's being bold and sort of out It's really obvious because of the rainbow lanyard But if you want it to be a little more subtle You might like to pick up, for winter A Burberry scarf Because the gay designer, Christopher Bailey Who's been running the collection for Burberry for quite some years Has revealed his final creation It's a variation of the Burberry check In which... The horizontal fields of got stripes in the rainbow colours, the six rainbow colours. Mm. It's not super bright, but it's in the subtle colours that Burberry uses in their scarves. Yeah,
1: and they, they, they make great clothing. Their clothing is beautiful. It costs you, but top it's end, beautiful. Top, top end, top but
0: beautiful. No, well, guys will be able to buy these uh, scarves and wear them, and... It'll be just that little reflection. I
1: can't wait to winter to wear my rainbow scarf that I won on the cruise down the Mekong. It's beautiful. That's that's muted colours as well. So it's, wow. it's, yes. So there you go. Mm.
0: But the other thing is that Burberry is using some of the profits from yeah. the sale of these scarves and the fabrics so that that women will be able to wear make into skirts or in winter coats. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be some of the best and brightest organisations supporting. Uh, Gwq plus youth around the world are being supported by some of the profits out of Burberry.
1: The British fashion house has announced donations to three charities. Money will be going to the LGBTI Youth Homeless Charity, Albert Kennedy Trust, that's based in the UK, and the Youth Suicide Hotline, the Trevor Project, based in the US. Now, the Trevor Project is the one about the um, boy that was. Uh, committed suicide.
0: And donations have also been made to the International Lesbian Gay Bisexual Trans and Intersex Association ILGA. After 17 years he's exiting but he's going out positive way. With a very colourful way actually, I think. Yes. Not with a bang, with a poof. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Great shows, great topics, great radio. Joy 94.9. You're listening to Been There, Done That with Phil, Gordon and Chris. Lovely to have you with us on this day. Now, we, 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 earlier we were talking about
1: um, Mardi Gras and how wonderful it was. And somebody on the television asked the uh, one of the, I forget who they were talking to because I, I didn't have my face at the screen at the time. I just heard it. And they said, well, what are you going to fight for next now that you've got... Same, uh, uh, same-sex same marriage or equal marriage rights and all the rest of it, what are you going to fight for
0: next? W- were they presuming that this is the end of uh, I think the battle? They,
1: I think they must have because there's this whole uh, ridiculous religious um, thing going on in Parliament at the moment that are trying to mm. bring in more discrimination against us through this back door yeah. so the churches don't have to do this, that and the other, you know and I'm sitting there saying, and I heard and I said, what about the
0: Bloody religious discrimination, you idiots. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. It's interesting that the statistics show that actually the number of adherents to any religions, all religions in Australia, is actually quite very low.
1: Yeah, it's dropping. Yes, I think people have woken up to themselves.
0: Yeah, and let's face it, therefore, uh, we we complained last time about... um, the Australian Christian Lobby not representing so few people, mm. why have they got such a loud voice? Mm. Now, in fact, the churches have got that very poor representation as well.
1: But right now, that man from the Australian Christian Lobby, as a front and centre, talking to Kevin Andrews, is it the, the fellow that's doing yeah. the that's doing the... Um, Mr. Ruddock, isn't it? No, Phil Ruddock. Philip Ruddock, yes, beg your yes, pardon. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Phil. Yeah, he's, he's, he's right into Philip Ruddock's ear, you know, about the, the, what he wants for the Christian I lobby. I hope you,
0: you know. keep those words apart into his ear. Don't let them run into the others.
1: Oh, well, okay, I'll say into his <laughs> ear, not into his ear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got it. <laughs> well, yes. we
1: want equality.
0: Yes. Well, we want <laughs> equality in all areas yes, but where is, we're not currently included.
1: This is a big one, and it's also and there's another thing too. There's still discrimination about of children having same-sex parents. That's another thing that mm-hmm. we have to really look at. That has to be looked at because somewhere along the line, it's it's <coughs> they're still getting a lot of discrimination, mm. uh, and and that's another thing we can look at.
0: We've also probably got to recognise that while some pockets of the Australian population are not a Guinness, mm. uh there still exist a few poof bashes around.
1: Oh, they're still around, isn't it? Homophobia
2: th- has not been abolished. Oh, God, no. Oh, hasn't it? No. no. All I- we got was the equal right to be married.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think some of the problems might still exist in those newcomers who haven't yet adopted or adapted to the australian environment mm. so mm. i don't know whether there's a few people who are very homophobic rather than just tolerant
1: there was a there was a case again on the in the program they were talking about the uh, young uh, asian girl who yeah. who was uh, came and she wanted to go into the mardi gras and she told her mother that she wasn't a mother was very very homophobic and um, she finished up, she watched the parade, I think it might have been last year, she watched the parade and she realised that this was her daughter's life Yeah. and she should support her in whatever she wanted to do, which I thought that's one thing that the Mardi Gras does show you, that um, that, that, that people are supporting the gay community.
2: We shouldn't have to educate individuals one at a time no. <laughs> to <laughs> say that you can't catch it. Yeah, but... They you can just appreciate but it. but then
1: they can go and spread the word to it. they They spread the word to four or five friends, and those four or five
2: start oh, spreading. We it out. have a lot of work to do. It's like
1: ripples in a pond, you know if you mm. can if you can create a ripple, it can start something. Well,
0: I think the mar- marriage equality vote was actually because of its eighty uh, percent. Involvement by mm. the same population mm. in that voting exercise yes. and the 62% acceptance mm. of our, our arguments was a, a great example of uh, visibility or making our community visible. And, and
2: it also points out that the church no longer rules the country. Yeah. Because well, they have to be part of that minority that lost. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: But then again, I was uh, I was screaming at the television when I watched the uh, Prime Minister sort of saying how wonderful it was to have the, the same-sex marriage. And I'm sitting there screaming, why didn't you just pass it through Parliament without well, the bloody postal the, thing?
0: He used the word we. We, yes. Yeah, yeah, so no, I don't know <laughs> what we he was referring yeah. to. His small so, stature. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs>
2: but, well uh, i just put my fingernails back in sorry
0: <laughs> uh, but it's interesting how some people uh when they realize the chips are down or in fact they're outnumbered or then in fact the attitude has changed will then like the leopard change their spots mm-hmm.
1: but I, I just i just i got very very annoyed at that and i thought well we needn't have gone through all the hassle and all the the, the people that were we're, we're denigrated and all the, the rest of it. There's a
0: couple of other extremes in the population that need to be covered as well. Uh, and that's the children. Mm-hmm. They need to have safe environments. Well, children and in that, schools, you mean. That That's the teaching aid for the teachers to get their heads sorted so that they can then guide appropriately yeah, when there's the bullying children and hassling to other the, services. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So you and want th-
2: schools to be safe for children. Oh. If there was only a program to help with that.
0: That would yes, be would be exactly. a good idea, wouldn't it? And well, a, a at least they don't have to worry about guns in the school I was room. just
2: going to say, step one, don't go to school in America. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, the other extreme is, of uh, older people, when they suddenly or when they become reliant on public services, volunteer services, things like that, there's um, a concept that, in fact... Cheap labour is all that's worth giving towards the maintenance of older people oh. in their homes or in other areas. When you read and, about uh, it. you can't skimp on those sorts of activities. So there's, whilst in, a, in Victoria we've got the Rainbow Tick, uh, which is a service to analyse and grade... Uh, oldies homes. Well,
1: organise that the homes that the people are going into are gay and lesbian friendly, gay, exactly. GLBTIQ friendly. Yeah. That's when they get the rainbow tick. But they have to go through a whole thing about that, Precisely, a whole lot of training session. education. Education, and that's, that's really wonderful. But when you read about what, in some of these places, what they're doing to elderly people, it just makes you wonder whether you really want to go into one of these places well, in the first place. You know?
0: If you want to go, have to go back in the closet, that's wherever it might be, that's not the way to go.
2: I'm certainly not going back in. We're not
0: going back in.
2: But should we make these places not for profit?
0: Not necessarily. Because
2: if they're out to make a buck, they're not going to spend it on good stuff.
1: Well, this is what happens all the time, and I know I'm partly involved in that industry, um, and uh, I, I just get very annoyed when I hear what's going on in one place in particular and I think how the hell can you do these things the way you're doing it? it just gets me.
2: Well you'd hope as our politicians age maybe they'll be more focused on care.
1: Oh but then they'll be able to they've got they have such huge pay packets they'll be able to afford to private nurses won't they <laughs> excuse me <laughs>
0: <laughs> wishful thinking
1: wishful thinking yes.
0: Coming up this next weekend, Monday the 12th of March, is Labor Day, a public holiday.
1: L-A-B-O-U-R. It is. For the Labor that we do.
0: It had its origins in the Labor Union movement, specifically the 8-Hour Day movement, which advocated eight hours for work, eight hours for recreation, and eight hours for rest.
1: That was the Masons that did that, the the stone cutters and everything that were working on building the uh, parliamentary buildings and all that sort of thing.
0: And I think it was the stonemasons here in Melbourne Melbourne that did it. Yes, it was, that's what I am saying. And the whole did it here. concept mm. was sort of created here. The workers were revolting. Generally, yeah. all they're not all
1: they're not all revolting. Some of them all over well, the world. The but bosses it was, thought they were. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it took the mob here
1: to make the thing work. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: because in the 1850s, when this all sort of got going, Victoria was flooded with migrants, all hoping to strike it rich on the uh, the goldfields. And many of them were British tradesmen Hmm. who'd been involved in the workers' movement in England. And they brought with them a determination to achieve fairer working conditions, including reduced working hours. Because they used to work up to 14 hours a day, six days a week, Mm -hmm. with no sick leave, no holiday leave. And the employers could sack employees at any time without giving a reason. There was some arguments about having reduced working days in Victoria. It was Australia's harsh harsh climate. And the second was that working men needed some time to develop their minds through education, upskill. And the third was that tradesmen could become better husbands, fathers, and citizens if they were granted leisure time to spend with their families. Yeah, you know, that seems so basic these but, days. But
1: I'm but sorry, but it's going back to that way now. When you look at what the what you have to do to work these days, they're going to have to start looking for an eight-hour day again. Well, you know. in
0: 1856, the stonemasons won the right to a 48-hour working week. Hmm which entitle them to Saturday afternoons off and Sundays.
1: The memorial to the eight-hour day is up on the corner of... Victoria Street, uh, Victoria and, Street and Ligon Street. Opposite on, the Trades Hall. Diagonally opposite the Trades Hall. There's a big statue up there with three eights across the top of the thing.
0: Now, what is the procession that will be happening on that day?
1: The, what the uh, they, They're doing Mumba on that day, don't they? Yeah. That's so that's tinder-
0: Kiss Me Bum Day. Oh right, okay. <laughs> that's what
1: Mumba is supposed to have meant, actually.
2: Or well, it doesn't mean get together and have fun, which no, was just, the lie we were told as well.
1: That's children. right. Yes, no, yes, no. but apparently it's, so it's, it's a bum.
0: That's exactly what should be happening on that particular day: is tools down and have a fun time mm. and
2: jump into the Yarra. Yeah, with the flag, the, the Birdman. Birdman. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but but that used to be the the day when they all the trade unionists used to march down from. Way up the other end of town, right down Swanston Street, out down to the yeah.
2: over the river. And you know the what they do now? What? They take their speedboat out to the lake, and oh, is that Because they they're getting so sort of much money. Yeah.
1: But not really. But uh, this is the, this is the point with the union movement at the moment. It's it's being decimated by the um, the governments who uh, want to bi- get control. Big business, big business and government. government of trying to get control. Is it nearly time for us to go, young man?
0: It is. Oh, is it? So we'll see you next week. Bye for now.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at
2: joy.org.au. This podcast
0: was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.